This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Thursday. Thursday. We get to this time next week. Trump will have been arraigned. We will have seen the first Republican presidential debate. We got a big week coming up. Tones, what's going on, my friend? Welcome, welcome. I'm not high enough for this shit. I've been fucking busy all day. I haven't got shit done today. I've been busy with other shit. God damn it. I barely ate. I'm getting low on pot. So like, once again, I'm, I'm smoking my, it's resin, but it's also like, I've been smoking a lot of dabs. So it's the leftover of the dabs. So like, it's going to be pretty strong resin. And then I'll have an actual bowl when I get off of here and play some video games. Probably go this weekend. Go get me some fresh smokage. Man. People online hate me. I I am so fucking good. What's he getting ready to do? Tack socks. Oh, oh my God, guys. Chris, Chris was here last night, right? I get off the show. And the motherfucker has sent me a message. He's trying to make peace with me. Now, this is a guy who has threatened me, called me a pedo. Multiple times. And just as soon as I get off the stream, I have a message from him. He wants to make peace. Well, I just, you know, laugh reacted to the message. He's like, I take that as a no. So what did I do? I posted the message. It was like, oh, look at this dipshit wants to make peace with me. Captain Ahab. God damn it. Microphone check one, two. That should be good. This damn cheap ass board has a very specific sweet spot. And even still, I get a little excited and I still fucking uh, red peg. Hate this fucking board. I'm going to have to get a new one soon. He needs a friend bad. He needs a friend bad, but it ain't going to be me. So here's, here's the message from him. This is goofy. Could we both take it down a notch? Because after listening a few times, we agree on a few things, cease fire with the names and meme and just try to debate somewhat reasonably. When he says, and that's, that's probably the thing I keep making memes of him. (laughs) So that's probably the thing that's really, you know, he's getting tired of me making memes of like his dumb quotes and shit. 
Like this one? <laughs> debate. Debate. Flash, good evening. Oh my god, there's this dude on YouTube. Here is my meme of the day. Hold on, let me... I, I'm gonna... I, I didn't save it. It's probably gonna be easier for me to get back to it on my phone. Oh my God, this dude. I get this a lot from right-wingers, right? Like they will tell me how intelligent they are. They will be like, you're dumb, I'm intelligent. <laughs> this dude gave me a reading list. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh no, no, you didn't you didn't delete the the fucking message where you told me how smart you were. Please also do your research on 1917 and the 10 years after in Russia, why more in Germany, uh, the fall of Rome. If you knew the history, it would greatly alter your perception on what is happening currently in America and who your actual enemies are. Have you ever heard of Davos and a certain forum focused on economics that's based there? Do you know their stated plans? Do you know who they, <laughs> who they find and back? Do you know what their plans for you are? Do you realize you are a foot soldier for the people you hate? Look up Leonard Patterson. He gave a five-minute speech in 1960 that might help illuminate things for you. So he's going to tell us that the plan from the World Economic Forum... And apparently, apparently, like, he thought that he couldn't say it. He couldn't say, like, the W, uh... W-E-F? You couldn't say World Economic Forum. Or they'd come and get him on the YouTube. <laughs> and here's the crazy part. Because if I was actually having a conversation with this dude, and I, okay, you don't like the capitalists at Davos having too much power. So let's take the power away from them. Let's nationalize some industries. Let's tax them to where they don't have the fucking billions they can go and fucking uh, flood things. And they're going to be like, oh, no, no, no. You can't do that, Kwame. The rich people have to get paid. They're the job creators. It's the craziest goddamn disconnect. Exactly, Flash. Exactly. That's... Motherfucker doesn't know shit about Germany. He'll probably tell me, like, Hitler confiscated the guns. And then I'm going to have to be like, no, motherfucker. Guns were outlawed in Germany in the Treaty of Versailles. Hitler restored gun rights to the German people. So Hitler did not come and confiscate guns. Hitler loosened gun restrictions. The exact opposite of what you are fucking claiming. Now, granted, he did not grant the Jewish people the right to own firearms. But Aryans could. But, they, like, they don't know that. They aren't aware. And it's infuriating. Let me tell you. Oh, oh, my God. So I had this dude uh, tell me, like, have you ever heard of the tyranny of the majority or the tyranny of democracy? Uh, our founders talked about it all the time. And I said, which founder? And he was like, all of them. I'm like, uh, uh, only one of them said it. 
Oh, and he he maybe he was like tyranny of the majority. Uh, the founders talked about it, and they were referring to the French Revolution. I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh, only one founder ever said it, and he wasn't talking about uh, the French Revolution. He was talking about having a unicameral uh, um, legislature. That's why we have a bicameral legislature. <laughs> oh, so I was like, so which founder said it? And he said Thomas Jefferson. And I was like, and this is a dude that has told me that he is more well-read than anybody I've ever met. And I said, here's the thing. I know for a fact Thomas Jefferson never said that because Thomas Jefferson is quite possibly our most democratic-minded president. Our most democratic-minded founder. Motherfucker literally named his political party the Democratic Republicans. Exactly, Quesadilla, the founding slave owners. But just to expose, to tell me you are the most well-read person I've ever met, and to even be that fucking wrong, and to say Jefferson, as if any, as if anybody that like is vaguely familiar with U.S. history wouldn't know that's a lie. It was Adams that said it, by the way. Adams that said it. And that checks, that checks. But once again, he wasn't saying it in regards to the French Revolution, like this asshole had asserted. He was saying it in regards to a unicameral legislature. Called it the tyranny of the majority. So that's one of the reasons that he was arguing in favor of the Senate. That's also true, Flash. And our, our constitution, I don't think we need to rewrite it every generation, but we definitely need to update. What are you cats looking at? Both of them are like staring at the corner over there, and I don't know why. Richard. Good evening, my friend. So I had another person. <laughs> just, just bringing up dumbass right-wingers, right? So this woman told me that, and this is the founders again. She told me that uh, our founders uh, were completely against political parties. And I said, ma'am, that is incorrect. I said, first of all, the founders weren't a monolith. They were just like us. They had several different factions, a lot of different beliefs. But the founders were also the people who invented the first political parties in the country. I pointed out Washington, our first president, was an anti-federalist. That was his political party. They were divided between federalists and anti-federalists. And she was like, well, I guess we know who won, don't we? And I was like, yeah, the federalists. That's how we have a constitution. The Bretard. Good evening. DJ Dub. Good evening. Not high enough for this shit. (laughs) I mean, like, um, I believe it's in the Federalist Papers. 
I don't even remember who it was that talked about political parties. Fucking shit, it was clogged. Tough. All right, we got a lot to get to tonight, guys. I'm cutting shit out of the show because I ended up Greg Locke, do you get, we haven't, we haven't watched a Greg Locke video in a while, and this is one I want to watch. So you might have seen a little clip of him going around, it's about 15 seconds going around on the internet today. Of course, Justin had to go find the entire clip. We're going to watch Greg Locke uh, lose his shit on a Barbie playhouse. <laughs> Jordan Peterson has been caught forging quotes about his book on his on his new book cover. Dave Portnoy. I don't know if we've ever even played a video of him on this show. Um, I don't know much about him. I've watched like a couple of pizza reviews. Uh, the dude seems like a real jerk ass to me. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling based on the topic of this video... He's going to confirm to me that he is indeed a jerk ass. Wild story out of... God, I don't even know where it's out of. Oh, shit. Where did this happen? Wild story where uh, police malfeasance resulted in a mistrial. The cops purposely caused a mistrial. God, we have a lot of mistrials declared in this country. <laughs> uh, it's probably a good thing. This happened in Mississippi. God damn. Wasn't that other horrendous story about cop malfeasance out of Mississippi too? Because she ain't got no vag? I'm assuming, I don't know, but there might be a good joke. There might be a good joke to go with it. So why why does Barbie have no children tones? Damn YouTube delay. I can't wait for the answer. <laughs> I'll get it five minutes from now. Uh clinically, uh what the most corrupt state in the union is Louisiana. Uh, Alabama and Louisiana usually duke it out for like highest poverty rate, lowest education rates, that sort of thing. The case of the missing vag. Venus, good evening. So many beautiful people here tonight. But yeah, I'd say Mississippi is easily 40th worst state in the country. I'm, I'm serious. Oh, she's a demon-possessed leftist. Because Ken came in a different box. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that people who are listening to the podcast right now are like, damn, that YouTube delay is, is significant. <laughs> they were waiting with bated breath for the punchline. 
<laughs> oh, god damn. Oh, oh, I also have... Remember we did the, uh, the story about Kanye West's former assistant or personal assistant or advisor or PR rep or whatever the fuck. I've avoided using a pronoun because I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> Cootie. Yes, Cootie. That person posted a bat shit crazy video on Instagram. Uh, so basically, Cootie is attacking the, the DA in Georgia that has indicted them. But they're having to do it secondhand, right? So they posted a video of somebody else. Somebody else uh, attacking the... I thought somebody was coming to my house, but she turned and went a different way. I was like, are you coming over here? Uh, Purgatoris. Good evening. Publicist. You're right. Publicist. I, I, you know me, I'm, I'm kind of a stoner. I forget things. See how Kanye went and got his own beat, Davidson? <laughs> Ronnie Jackson. Ronnie Jackson, that motherfucker. He was President Obama's uh, White House physician. Uh, stayed on through Trump and God, I don't even remember what um, he was giving out pills or something. They, they posed him for being like um, just giving out pills like candy, right? That was the reason why he got ousted. He's now a congressperson from Texas. A couple of weeks ago, and we didn't. I didn't do this story because I didn't think it was pertinent. He apparently tried to. Um, Somebody was having a medical emergency at a rodeo, and Ronnie Ronnie tried to help, and the cops ended up detaining him. Well, I didn't I didn't think it was you know pertinent. There was nothing to it. But now we have the body camera footage, and apparently, despite the fact that Ronnie says he supports the cops, he wasn't very good to the cops. I can't blame him for that, but, you know, also, you're a hypocrite, dude. You're a hypocrite. Oh, God. He said Trump weighed 239 pounds. Alexandra, what is going on? Exactly. Kanye being surrounded by other loons is mostly on brand for him. And I hate that, too. I was I was a... I wouldn't say I was the biggest Kanye fan, but like I, um, I liked Kanye and I remember even <laughs> what was the one that, um, like the first one he self-produced from his, his house out in the woods or whatever. It had the, like the first song was like chicka gear, frightening. I don't even know the words. I was still with him with that album. And I tried, I was like, hey, Sparkles, listen to the song. And she was, she was like, no, fuck Kanye. And this would have been like 2017. 
I don't know if he had put on the Trump hat and everything at that time. I'm not sure. Maybe. It's all kind of been a blur. Nah, he's got some catchy tunes. Go listen to, uh, go listen to the song Monster. That's a banger. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's get let's get this uh, let's get this train rolling. This one's tragic. God damn, the death toll now over a hundred in uh, Hawaii. The Maui fires still raging. Uh, we gotta talk about some other fires too. Canadian wildfires are uh, reaching historic levels, apparently going all the way up to the Arctic. California being hit with wildfires, and this coming as we are getting ready to experience two heat waves hitting together and a hurricane. And we have a hurricane approaching the, um, the West Coast. So I feel sorry for my friends out west right now. Let's start with Hawaii, where we now have video that may indicate the Baja Peninsula. Thank you, clinically. I was trying to think of it. Um, we now have video out of uh, Hawaii showing uh, a down power line may be the culprit for the wildfires the news out of Maui and the death toll climbing to 111 overnight. As we learn more about what may have sparked the first fire, Gio Benitez starts us off with the latest. Good morning, Gio. Hey, Michael, good morning. Yeah, for the first time, we're seeing new videos now of what may have started these fires in the first place, and they seem to point to downed power lines. It's all part of the investigation as the heartache here just grows. This morning, as the death toll continues to grow on Maui, new video surfaces raising questions as to what may have sparked the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. 111 people now confirmed dead, hundreds unaccounted for. Search and rescue teams have covered 38% of the impact zone. FEMA, the Red Cross, and the military all on the ground. The video is freaky. A long and costly recovery, but much of that work will be done here with our local people. And watch as this security camera captures what could be an early trigger in that devastating wildfire. August 7th at 10.47 p.m., a day earlier, you hear a witness describe a flash that might be a tree falling on a power line. It's windy, and then there's a... Well, clinically, I'll go ahead and admit it. I'm a pre-watch Andy tonight, too. I've watched this one already. Flash, and I think that's when it's... I... I have not watched Pastor Greg Locke, though. I've only seen the, the short version. We're going to watch like 20 minutes of this shit. The power goes out. One expert saying those videos taken in upcountry Maui show the flames spreading and maybe the first evidence of downed power lines igniting a fire. We've got that video of that kind of explosion, and we've got 10 sensors in that community that show a very sharp drop in electrical voltage at precisely that same time. Power line just went down. 
By the next morning, okay, August 8th, at 6.37 a.m. in Lahaina, Shane True uses a garden hose to battle a fire. That's the power line that started, started from up the road there, and all of that is still burning. Authorities declaring that brush fire under control around 9 a.m., but then lost control of the flames hours later when the winds caused a flare-up to spread. By 5 p.m., Lahaina's historic Front Street up in flames. Fuck. The power company saying it is still investigating what triggered the fire, adding the cause has not been determined. The loss weighing heavy as families are now being asked to provide DNA to account for the dead. Yes, clinically, and that is what I am so worried about with California, that we have both wildfires raging and a hurricane approaching, which was, which was the recipe for uh, this uh, disaster in Hawaii. So, oh my God, I am not looking forward to bringing you guys the news next week. Overnight, we spoke to the family of Paul Mac <laughs> No, the dude with the water hose was like trying to keep it out of his yard. The, the, the city had it contained with their, with their trucks. <laughs> uh, but like the, the wind just, the wind ticked up and boom. Doris Lozano, the 28-year-old still missing since last Tuesday. His mother... And th that's, that's another thing, DJ Dubs. They're, they're talking about, like, uh, was the power company... Uh, were they uh, malfeasant in not cutting the power? But that, that's something that you would have to look at, like, after an investigation weeks and weeks later. Telling us police visited her home to swab for DNA. I want to hang on to the hope that he's alive, but after doing something like this, like... How do you hold on to that? And the president and first lady plan to visit Maui on Monday. Now, FEMA has promised full support for the survivors who just have lost everything. They say they need those survivors, though, to apply for that support. So far, they say only 1,300 households have applied. Michael. Yeah, as much support as we can give, they can use. GL, thank you so much for that. Get up, George. Yeah, yeah, DJW, you're bringing up another point. Like, we're, we're talking about record heat currently in the United States. Cutting people's power is deadly. God damn. Now, another thing that we, we know contributed to the disaster in Hawaii is the fact that they did not sound alarms. Apparently, officials are defending that action. With the death toll from last week's Hawaii wildfires up to 111 and expected to grow even more, emergency managers on the Maui Island are now defending their decision to not activate warning sirens. That of Maui's emergency management agency says that if the sirens had been activated that night, the agency was afraid that people would have gone into the fire inland when it was most dangerous. One group who was on vacation made a decision that may have saved their lives after they saw that thick black smoke. It was thick black smoke, so we knew we needed to get to the pool. There were no other options. I think any warning would have been extremely helpful, even if it just got us to come out of our homes and our condos and look around. The vacationers waited in the pool for about three hours. Gosh, look at this, until firefighters came to the rescue. As search efforts continue, locals are doing their part to help those who've lost everything. Fuck. I've seen a lot of right-wingers bitching about 
the federal government has extended $700 payments to people who were affected. And right-wingers were like, oh, $700, we can buy a home with $700. I was like, what did Trump give Puerto Rico, motherfuckers? Nothing. You're trying to tell me that Trump would have gave them... And I agree, $700 is inadequate. But, like, it's more than Republicans would have done. Shit. Yeah, 700 which I... Maybe that's just an initial payment to try to keep them... Yeah, so no money at all. A couple grand probably would have been better to start with. If you're wanting to do it in in tranches, right? If you're wanting to do, you know, hey, we'll evaluate in a couple weeks, see how you guys are doing. Start them off with at least a couple grand. Come the fuck on. $700 doesn't even pay somebody's rent for a month. 5K monthly for the next year would be fantastic. Now, on top of the failures from both the power company and apparently local officials, another thing exacerbating the the situation in Hawaii is the tensions between tourists and the locals. Kind of raised to hate tourists. Maui fires fan tensions on Hawaiian island. Maui's Wale Beach on Monday. The skies were bright and clear. Luxury hotels lined the beachfront. Their guests spread on the sand. Some waited in the ocean while others sat under umbrellas with white monogram towels on their chairs. Inside one of the hotels, beyond a pool, a two-tiered fountain, and a glass-walled habitat for the resident parrot was a wooden frame screen advertising a relief fund for the resort's uh, employees. The first sign of the destruction in Luana just 30 miles up the coast. So these motherfuckers are vacationing while the locals have lost their homes. God damn. In the wake of the wildfires, the deadliest in modern U.S. history, frustration at tourists who have chosen to carry on with their holidays has grown. Many in Maui say the devastation has highlighted what is known as the two Hawaiis, one built for the comfort of visitors and another harsher Hawaii left to Hawaiians. It's all butterflies and rainbows when it comes to the tourism industry, said a 21-year-old Maui native and an employee at the hotel who asked to remain anonymous. But what's really under it is kind of scary. There you see the island of Maui. Last Wednesday, a day after the wildfires, the county asked visitors to leave Luhana and the island as a whole as soon as possible. Officials soon urged people to avoid the island entirely except for essential travel. In the days and weeks ahead, our collective resources and attention must be focused on the recovery of residents and communities that were forced to evacuate. Many travelers heeded the advice, and in the immediate aftermath of the fires, some 46,000 people left the island. The grass field separating the airport from the surrounding highway is now lined with rows upon rows of suddenly surplus rental cars. But thousands did not. Some ignored requests to leave Maui immediately, while others flew in after the fire, decisions, uh, decisions that have angered some. Is this, uh, if this was happening to your hometown, would you want us to come? We need to take care of our own first. Another Maui local told the BBC that tourists were swimming in the same waters that our people died in three days ago. 
apparent reference to a snorkeling excursion on Friday. The snorkeling company later apologized for running the tour, saying it had first offered our vessel throughout the week to deliver supplies and rescue people, but its design wasn't appropriate for the task. But the opposition to tourists is not without complications, given the island is economically reliant on those travelers. Maui Economic Development Board has estimated that the island's visitor industry accounts for roughly four out of every five dollars generated there, calling those visitors the economic engine of the country. You're kind of raised to hate tourists, said a young hotel worker, but that's really the only way to work on the island. If it's not hospitality, then it's construction. Several business owners expressed concern that the growing anti-tourist sentiment could hurt Maui further. What I'm afraid of is that if people keep seeing Maui's closed and don't come to Maui, what little business is left is going to be gone. It's almost as if we live in a capitalistic system and it is not prepared to meet the moment. Exactly, because of colonial, uh, colonialism. That was a very interesting piece from the BBC. I'm glad we looked into that. If you'd like to read the rest of it, boom. Let's move up to our neighbors to the north who are also experiencing devastating wildfires. Oh my God, this video is gonna be hard to watch. Oh yeah, don't even get me started on Puerto Rico. And I've not brought it up here on the stream, but there is a big problem with like crypto bros and venture capitalists, vulture capitalists descending on Puerto Rico. And perhaps, perhaps we should uh, uh, do a deep dive into that one night. I'll, I'll work on that. This is going to be hard to watch, guys. Wildfires are burning within 17 kilometers of Yellowknife, the capital city of Canada's Northwest Territories. Officials say it's time for the city's 20,000 residents to leave. Please take this order seriously and prepare to leave the, the city by noon on Friday. Officials already have started airlifting other provincial residents who can't drive themselves to safety. Those who can drive may need police escort to help them navigate smoke-filled highways. Emergency personnel say right now the weather is working against them. There is a possibility that without rain, the fire reaches the outskirts of Yellowknife by the weekend. It is approaching, but there's time to complete the community evacuation. 20,000 square kilometers of land have already burned across the province. The Prime Minister has promised logistical and financial support to local authorities. Some 6,800 evacuees have already headed south to Alberta for the time being, but they have no idea when they can return. Rosalind Jordan, Al Jazeera. 
Now, Paige Parsons is a CBC reporter who joins us live from Edmonton in Alberta, Canada. Good to have you with us. So how is the effort going to try and stop those fires from reaching Yellowknife? Yes, as you, as we just heard, uh, the evacuation order came last night, and it's nearly 22,000 people that are fleeing their homes in, in Yellowknife, the capital city of the Northwest Territories. And something important for folks to understand is this, this community is it's quite far north. I'm in Edmonton, and they're about it's about a 15-hour drive uh, to get from. Yellowknife to Edmonton, so it's it's significant, and it's not. Um, uh, folks are both being airlifted out, but many of them. Yes, apparently this fire is bumming up against the Arctic. We've got wildfires right up against the Arctic. Able, they've been asked to drive, and this highway. It's not like something we'd have here more in southern Canada or in more populated parts of the world. It's it's very remote. You're traveling through remote areas. There's very few services. So what we've heard is that uh, traffic on the highway, it's very heavy. And when you do reach a spot where there, the few, one of the few spots where there is gas, there's been significant lineups. Uh, some of those places have run out of gas, uh, but the government is sending supports up and down the highway, uh, gas trucks, tow trucks. That'll look awesome. Try to help people uh, as they're, you know, making this very significant uh, journey. The we are in the wildfire section of the show. The country is, we're in Canada right now. This is almost at the Arctic. A, a devastating wildfire. 1,000 fires burning nationwide in Canada. We have an entire island that has been completely destroyed. And we are coming up this weekend on two different, two different heat waves. One from the north, one from the south. Gonna bump together in the middle of the country. While we also have a hurricane getting ready to hit the Baja Peninsula off the west coast, which is going to magnify uh, the, the storms in California. I mean, if I was a religious person, I would think uh, Jesus is coming back. Closest evacuation center is over a thousand kilometers away from Yellowknife, so people really do have quite a distance to go to get to safety. And uh, for people that can't drive, for people who are vulnerable or with with children, there's also um, an air evacuation going on. <laughs> yes, it's. I didn't mention that, and I laughed earlier because it officially got named earlier today. I think it's Hurricane Hillary. It's Hurricane Hillary. We have several flights coming into Calgary, uh, uh, more in southern Alberta today, as well as a few going into Vancouver. I'm sorry, I guess it, it, it officially became a hurricane today. It would have got named a couple of days ago. And what's happening to people, Paige? You mentioned they're being evacuated. To where? What conditions are they facing? Certainly. So... For the folks that are driving, as they're they're driving down uh, through very smoky conditions, you know, a, a lot of the Northwest Territories is experiencing fires. There's fires everywhere, and while the highway has been deemed safe, it's you know it's not a 
not an easy or, or comfortable drive for folks. And once they do reach one of the communities, uh, which, which is accepting evacuees, which there are now several, there's some of the smaller communities uh, or medium-sized cities in northern Alberta, uh, there are evacuation centers set up, um, you know, places where people can rest, uh, get some... get some. That's why I had to correct myself. They, they name them when they become tropical storms. Worth of food and... Uh, Survival it became a hurricane earlier today. So um, if they need to, they can go to these evacuation centers, which are across northern Alberta. And now there's a very large one being set up at the Calgary airport that will receive the people that are flying in. And for they've, they've actually asked, you know, a lot of people up north, they'll have relatives, um, they'll have friends down here in Alberta. And so if you're able to, they're asking, you know, to, to go there to, to, you know, make sure that the resources, there's enough resources for everyone. So if you're able to stay with family and friends, um, you know, that could help leave space in these uh, evacuation centers, which um, fortunately we've become very used to setting up here in Alberta for wildfire evacuees. So you have cots, food, water, that kind of thing. All right. Thanks so much, Paige Parsons. As I said, let's get into the weather in the next few days. Oh, holy shit. Well, she said a boot earlier in, in the piece, so I can confirm she said a boot. Yes, tones with the with the bangers tonight. Now to soaring ocean temperatures off the coast of Florida. Oh, I love how they were just like, they were all laughing and giggling. Oh, by the way, we are, uh, look at them. Look at them. Oh, by the way, we're all going to burn alive. Turned out is soaring ocean temperatures off the coast of Florida, hitting well over 90 degrees. It's devastating and deadly to the coral and marine life. Ginger's in Virginia Key, Florida with the latest fourth. Hey, Ginger. Hey, Michael, at the end of the dock, that observation station behind me is one of many that has been recording those unprecedented water temperatures. Now, the scientists we were with out yesterday looking at the coral reef south of the Florida Keys said, you don't need that data to know that the coral is bleaching at what is likely an unprecedented rate. The Florida Keys baking in weeks of record heat. It's like this heat wave never ends. July will be their hottest on record, and it's not just the air. The water is sweltering too. The temperature of the ocean around the Keys is up to seven degrees above average. We're not even close to what the previous record was, let alone the average. Water that hot? can definitely supercharge hurricanes, but it can also be fatal for Florida's vital coral reef. Just a few miles offshore and 20 to 30 feet under the surface of the sea, you'll find more than 80 species of coral, an animal that builds a rock-like exoskeleton, creating a line of defense, protecting the keys from hurricanes. But if we didn't have this spur and groove reef system right off the coast of the keys, these islands would be decimated. It's also home to important creatures crucial to the economy. Between tourism and commercial fishing, the reef brings Florida billions in revenue. Over the last four decades, Florida's reef has lost more than 90% of its live cover to hurricanes, pollution, and constant warming. They've hit the tipping point. Carrie O'Neill and her team at the Florida Aquarium have been helping rehabilitate Florida's reef by breeding coral to withstand a warming climate. 
raising baby coral in their ocean greenhouse. Four years ago, they planted 200 baby coral on this spot, and they've been... Well, we can't be watching batshit crazy preachers smash Barbie houses all the time. Got it. You gotta. You gotta get your. You gotta. You can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. This is. This is getting the meat. Thriving ever since. So the team came out to monitor this site a few weeks ago, and the corals were looking pretty good. But our water temperatures at that time were 91 degrees on the on the dive computer. So that's concerning. But now, with water this hot, this long, and this early... Yeah, my apologies. The apocalyptic end of the world is not interesting enough for Battle of Boston. Hey, Justin, are you trolling? The coral can die fast. And what does it look like? It'll really just look white, a very, very pale. Uh -huh. Here we go. Here we go. Within seconds, we saw it stark white. The coral is bleached. Immediately when we went in, you saw white. Yeah. Um, big patches. Uh, as soon as I put my face in the water, my heart dropped into my stomach for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of work to be lost in 10 days. We need to take action British geezer. to stop the warming of our planet or else scientists like myself will just constantly be trying to keep up with it and keep us from losing species entirely. Well, we'll have to wait for Noah to compile a full report from all of the reefs. Carrie and her team said we could likely say this will be the worst mass extinction and bleaching of coral in the Florida Keys in our time. It is really incredible to think, and she told me there are 3,000-year-old coral that have endured the waves of change over the thousands of years, but they've died in the last 10 days because of this unprecedented ocean heat. And unfortunately, the forecast is grim. Look at this. In the last four weeks, we've gone to the highest level of warning, and that warning will expand by five to eight weeks, it's everywhere. We're not cooling down. I want to hang on to the hope that he's... Jesus Christ. I didn't even talk about the heat wave we're facing. Here's the path of the hurricane, according to Noah. Hurricane Hillary expected to make landfall, looks like. In the AM on... Monday in California. Seriously, DJ Dub, that's exactly what it is. Crimes against Mother Nature. We should absolutely take all of these executives, every single fucking one, not just, not just the oil executives. Okay, maybe if you're the executive of like Zoom or something. You've been waiting for that geezer. Libertad over here is British. Exactly. Geezer, geezer, let me tell you. Somebody actually said that. Somebody actually said that to me the other day. Like, you're not going to be around much longer, so why do you care? And... It's going to exacerbate the wildfires they're facing. All right, Battle of Possum, are you here? I'll give you something probably more interesting than the weather. 
Let's talk about Trump. Trump set to surrender next week and is apparently going to do it to coincide with the very first Republican presidential primary debate. And from his latest comments, I'm going to assume he's not debating. I'm going to assume he's not debating. Former President Donald Trump is expected to surrender to Georgia authorities. Uh, Something's up with this article here. Here we go. Uh, expected to surrender to authorities next week on charges related to his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Uh, Trump's legal team is reportedly negotiating with prosecutors uh, to settle a date before August 25th. That's the deadline. Trump is scheduled to hold a press conference on Monday to address the charges. The first GOP primary debate is Wednesday night, but Trump has until Monday to decide whether he will participate. Uh... Will Trump steal the thunder from his GOP rivals at the debate by having his jail appearance outshine the lower polling candidates? Will he try to sneak in and evade the media with a last-minute display? The former president is known to be a bit unpredictable, so only time will tell. I think at this point in time, I don't think he's going to debate. And he may very well. We have seen it. With the first two indictments, or the first two, the first two arraignments, he held a press conference that night. He didn't the last time. But I wonder, is he going to be arraigned on Wednesday, hold a press conference, and, and, and believe viewers from Fox News? Now, here is a wild story. Apparently, the Trump allies are absolutely harassing the grand jury. They have posted their names and addresses on right-wing websites. Names and ad... And this, this is absolutely a crime. Names and addresses of Georgia grand jurors posted on right-wing websites. The sheriff's office said investigators were working with local, state, and federal agencies to track down origins of threats in Fulton County. Law enforcement officials in Georgia say they're investigating threats targeting members of the grand jury that indicted former President Donald Trump and 18 of his allies after private information about the jurors was published online. On Thursday, the Fulton County Sheriff's Office announced that it was aware that personal information of members of the Fulton County grand jury is being shared on various platforms. Let me guess, Truth Social, Telegram. On Monday, the Fulton County Grand Jury returned a 41-count indictment charging Trump and others with illegally conspiring to overturn his 2020 election loss. According to The Independent, several users on Trump's right-wing social media platform, Truth Social, posted the names of the jurors with one user writing, Someone needs to look into all of these grand jurors. I can guarantee that every one of them has a big fat D by their name. Another user wrote, I'm looking forward to the fun some will have with the list of leaked grand jurors. Meanwhile, CNN reported that in addition to names, photos, and social media profiles, even home addresses appearing to belong to the jurors have been shared online on various platforms, including pro-Trump forums and websites that have been linked to extremist attacks. 
In Thursday's announcement, the sheriff's office said that its investigators were working closely with local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies to track down the origins of the threats in Fulton County. Now, would you like to see an example of one of these threats? Travion Cootie. Travion Cootie. The former publicist for Kanye West and somehow working for the Trump campaign in Georgia. Trump co-conspirator Trevion Cootie reposted rant claiming fat woman Fanny Willis is probably engaging sexually with multiple white liberals. The Trump co-conspirator Trevion Cootie reposted a video to her Instagram of big three basketball player and former Republican congressional candidate Royce White ranting against Fulton County DA Fanny Willis. Cootie wrote, listen to this Georgia on the post in the video white directs disparaging insults at Willis and claims the Fulton County DA has multiple white liberal sexual partners. The video was not attached to the story, but here it is. A woman who wants to be patted on the head with white liberals with Gavin Newsom. And she's probably taking Dick from a bunch of them. Let's just be honest. I'm just going to keep it funky. What's she going to do, indict me from Minnesota? I'll never go to Georgia. But I really don't want to fucking come to Georgia. I'm be honest with you. Y'all- they can indeed indict you. <laughs> they can. But, I mean, if you don't have any connection to Cootie, it can't technically be witness tampering. I'll let people like that represent you. I don't want to come to fucking Georgia. She's a fucking clown. Y'all letting this fat woman use the RICO law like it's a symbol of justice. The RICO law has never been a symbol of justice for you Negroes. So why now? Because a middle-aged black woman gets to be on TV because she gets to stand up at the podium because she's a district attorney because she's involved in the the great grand jury to bring down Donald Trump. What what is it? I don't like none of these black bourgeoisie sellouts. I'm having trouble finding people that I actually like. I'm assuming you're a black bourgeoisie sellout, aren't you? I, that's probably that's not my place to say that. And you can say that makes me anti-black, or that I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm uh, negative towards black people, or whatever. I'm just telling you what it is. Most of you motherfuckers are sellouts. Shout out to Ice Cube. Ice Cube tried to tell you, tried to try to try to try to reason with you and say, "Damn, you getting pimped? You giving up a vote? You get." What, when Ice Cube was out there talking to a millionaire uh, heir to the Swanson family fortune, Tucker Carlson? You're you're saying that Fonnie Willis is bourgeoisie, but Ice Cube talking with Tucker McNair Swanson Carlson, the third fucking shit isn't bourgeoisie. Do I have that correct? So a hardworking a hardworking woman becoming the DA in Atlanta, that's bougie. But hanging out with 
Tucker, McNair, Swanson, Carlson, the third Esquire isn't interesting. You giving that ass up for nothing, for zero, for nothing. You ain't getting nothing in return. None this black woman come up in here, come come up on the podium. I think that's the I think that's the beginning of it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand what he's trying to say. That's wild. That's 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 some shit right there. But I mean, he didn't mention that Ice Cube was with Tucker Carlson. Now, did he? Did did he did he still think that Ice Cube uh, was speaking facts when he was talking about you know good cop bad cop, fuck the police? I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the cops myself, but some people are. A lot of right wingers are. Uh, apparently, Congressman Ronnie Jackson. Exactly, Kanye isn't bougie. The dude with his own fashion brand isn't bougie? Now, I don't like cops. Not a fan of them. We got a story that's uh, really not going to make you a fan of them here in a little bit. But you might take their side on this one. Ronnie Jackson, the congressman from Texas, who apparently really likes cops wasn't very nice to the cops when he had a run-in with them. So this happened at a rodeo. Oh, don't get me started on the British cops. You guys you guys got some fucking scandals going on in Scotland Yard. So Ronnie Jackson was at a rodeo in Texas. There was a medical emergency and somebody was like, is there a doctor in the house? And Ronnie Jackson, who apparently was handing out prescription pills to everybody at the White House, was like, yeah, I'm a doctor, hook, hook. And somehow ended up in custody. This is that interaction. I you back. No, you did not. You came in, you flew in. And you were in full on the man you just saw hurling expletives at police officers is Texas Republican Congressman Ronnie Jackson. The video obtained this week by the Texas Tribune shows Congressman Jackson getting into an altercation with police, becoming belligerent and eventually being forced to the ground. Congressman Jackson had been attending a rodeo near Amarillo, Texas, when a teenager reportedly began experiencing a medical emergency. Congressman Jackson, who is a physician, attempted to assist the teenager. But when police asked the congressman to step back so that emergency medical services could respond, Congressman Jackson reportedly began shouting and threatening to beat up a state trooper. That is when the handcuffs came out and Ronnie Jackson was thrown to the ground. It should be noted that this is the same Congressman Ronnie Jackson who has accused Democrats of failing to support law enforcement. In May of 2021, Ronnie Jackson tweeted, unlike our president, I will always stand by our country's police officers. Back the blue. Since this indictment, Congressman Jackson has stood by his actions, claiming he was right to disobey the- Whoa, you guys still with me? Everybody's still here. Is the stream still going? So I have had 
an amazing experience with the new internet. I have uh, fiber optic now, and it has not once ever given me a problem. But just now, it apparently dropped out. It was only a second, but it went, went complete red light. So, YouTube, are you guys still here? Because sometimes, uh, sometimes it starts a different video, and that's not cool. I don't like it when it does that. Are we still on the same video? It'll be five minutes before somebody on YouTube can respond to me. Yeah, well, it looks like we're still good. All right, sorry, sorry. The officer's orders. And it is one of the latest examples we have of a Republican Party that claims to support law enforcement right up until the moment that members of this party find themselves in trouble with the law. There is no better example of this than Donald Trump, who regularly calls for law and order, while simultaneously attacking federal law enforcement and deriding prosecutors. Now, just to be clear here, it is not that police actions are always justified. The story of 12-year-old Tashawn Bernard makes that abundantly clear. But egregious policing like that is exactly what many Democrats and reform advocates are trying to change. And it is precisely what Republicans have tried to weaponize as they decry any call for reform. Thank you, Alex. Great reporting. Yeah, let's talk about the cops, shall we? Gonna have to hit the content warning on this one. I don't know the details of the story, if it's if it's graphic or anything. I'm just gonna hit the content warning because it's gonna piss you the fuck off. A mistrial has been declared in a shooting involving a FedEx driver apparently the cops did it on purpose. Of a case of a Brookhaven father-son duo accused of firing shots at a black FedEx driver ended in a mistrial. 12 News' Tia McKenzie was there as it unfolded. An array of emotions at the Lincoln County Courthouse as Judge David Strong declared a mistrial. This comes after three days in the courtroom. Detective Vincent Fernando with the Brookhaven Police Department was one of the three witnesses who took the stand Wednesday. Detective Fernando was asked, did you find a pistol in the home of Brandon Case? He responded, no, but I did find long guns and shell casings. Fernando also left out crucial evidence during the pretrial, including video and audio elements, forcing the judge to declare a mistrial. Obviously there was a, a disc of a interview that was conducted that the defense clearly has asked for it. The state has to. We had hearings about discovery back, I think, in June of this year. Uh, had meetings with the, the defense and the state of Mississippi with the investigator about discovery. And I will also say this for the record, the defense asked for it last week. If that's missing, what else is missing? I do understand that. District Attorney D. Bates says he disagrees with the mistrial. Bates is retiring from the DA's office after 20 years. As for when another trial date will be set, that decision has not been made as of now. Reporting in Brookhaven, Tia McKenzie, 12 News. So yeah, the the rumor, the scuttlebutt, if you will, is that the cops did it on purpose. I wouldn't put it past them. I bet I bet the uh, accused has connections. Uh, 
if I'd known that they didn't really go into that much detail, I would have got a different story. I'll follow up on that next week. We gotta get to some uh we gotta get to some bullshit. Once again, I have not really ever had any interactions with one Mr. Dave Portnoy. I've watched maybe a pizza review or two and he seems like a jerk ass and his reviews suck. Like I I've I watch food reviews. I watch I watch a lot of a lot of chef content and like dude you suck. But I mean I guess I guess your reviews aren't for me. Your reviews are like for other dude bros or some shit. But Mr. Portnoy apparently has a problem with his own workers. It's founder Dave Portnoy slamming his employees for not showing up. Watch. We got some real idiots there, Stuart. Like absolute charity cases. (laughs) I don't like firing people because I have a big heart. And these guys have just been collecting a paycheck forever. You'd think the day I bought the company back, they beat me to the office. 9.45 a.m. Nobody was in there. Your brain can't be functioning for that to happen. Kellen, I get it. It might be nice to stay home and work, and you might want to do that. But if you work for a company that says, no, you got to show up, I'm sorry, you show up in the office and it seems like there's all this resistance. I don't get it. <laughs> also, how did the motherfucker buy his company back for a dollar? I saw that. How is that a thing? He sold his company and made money and then bought it back for a dollar? What kind of fucking scam is that? Listen, I think his tirade was a little unhinged, but the sentiment, but the sentiment, which is basically employees are less productive they're not showing up to work, and this is because of the remote revolution, obviously. So- I do believe all data shows that employees are more, more productive uh, through remote work, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe there's like a hybrid schedule, and you know, maybe, maybe they can come in on some days and maybe you know, skip it on others. But this is common sense. If your boss is in the office, and you know he's going to be there for one week, not only do you show up to the office, you're on your best behavior, best presentation, you dress up. I mean, this is like... Okay, I'm uh, apparently wrong on that one, or at least uh, according to Fortune Magazine, which is not the best source. Fully remote workers are officially less productive, and this was from last month. Remote work for millions of employees has long gone from nice-to-have to to must-have figure came from WFH. What's WFH research? What the fuck is WFH research? Who are you? Because WFH research sounds like some funded shit to me. I like, I like my studies to be done by the uh, public sector. Researchers have long maintained that some form of flexible work is the only way forward for most workplaces, but their latest working paper published by Stanford's Institute for Economic Policy and Research delivers a blow to work-from-home advocates. Fully remote work is associated with 10% to 20% lower productivity than fully in-person work. I... 
Because what I have actually heard is that you aren't that productive when you're in the office. That about uh, 60 to 70% of your day is spent doing bullshit. And you only do about 30% of your work. Uh, Let's find a scholarly article. This has 617 citations from uh, the National Library of Medicine. So far more reputable. Let's see what they have to say. Employees' family work conflict and social isolation were negatively related, while self-leadership and autonomy were positively related. Uh, apparently it was mixed. Oh, God, I don't even have it on screen for you guys. Uh, apparently it was mixed. So their conclusion, individual and work-related aspects both hinder and facilitate work from home during the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, that didn't help us out. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. And I'm not going back to Fox News. We're not finishing that. Let's get to Jordan Peterson lying on his book cover. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Critics are angry after spotting gross misrepresentation of reviews on Jordan Peterson's book cover. Writers have pointed out the creative use of their words on the paperback cover of YouTube's of the YouTube professor's book. Two prominent literary critics have voiced their surprise at how their reviews were quoted on the cover of Jordan Peterson's book, Beyond Order. Because that's exactly who you want to read a book from, is some dude that had to... Go to Russia and be put in a coma to cure his benzo addiction. It also seems that one of my favorite female wrestlers, Bailey, was spotted reading this new book. And that's very unfortunate. The divisive Canadian professor and YouTube creator initially released his second book in 2021 with a paperback version published the following year. Peterson is critical uh, about topics such as... Oh, so this isn't even a recent book? Peterson is critical about topics such as a political as political correctness and feminism and has been lambasted by many for his dismissal of concepts of structural oppression such as the existence of patriarchy. This week, media figures who reviewed Beyond Order have drawn attention to parts of their articles being used to suggest positive reviews about the book despite their full critiques being more nuanced or outright negative. It sounds about right. Which, I mean, uh, I kind of can't bitch at them about that since, you know, Matt Walsh once called me a formidable voice in the culture. Justin Freakin is a formidable voice in the culture. On Tuesday, James Marriott wrote a review for the Times in 2021, shared a picture of the back cover of the book, including his words that described it as a philosophy of the meaning of life. 
The short quote, however, fails to include the fact that Marriott called Peterson's philosophy bonkers on several occasions in the piece. Although he later deleted the tweet, Marriott stated that he'd mostly thought the creative use of his words was amusing. Yeah. Elsewhere, Johanna uh, Thomas Kaur shared her disappointment at the inclusion of her New Statesman review, calling it a gross misrepresentation. On the cover, Thomas Kaur's words read, Genuinely enlightening and often poignant. Here is a father figure who takes his audience seriously, and here is a grander narrative about truth, being, order, and chaos that stretches back to the dawn of human consciousness. In the full review... Thomas Gore caveats any praise with overall criticism of the book for its presentation of Peterson's controversial views. It is, however, a narrative filtered through Peterson's prejudices. He repeatedly identifies uh, masculinity with order and femininity with chaos and makes it clear which side he feels we should favor. Responding to the book cover, Thomas Gore wrote on X, I don't have it in me to write some uh, casually witty thing about how horrifying this is. The quote on the back of Jordan Peterson's paperback is a gross misrepresentation of my 2,000-plus word New Statesman review of his book. It should be removed. From the Telegraph's review, the book cover has taken the phrase wisdom combined with good advice. The full piece, which gave the book four out of five stars. God damn, Telegraph has the word hokey ahead of wisdom. Hokey wisdom combined with good advice. But they still gave it four out of five stars. Wow. Would have been six stars if it was in the Tokyo Dome. All right, we're going to quickly mention this one. I was going to do a whole piece, but I'm tired of talking about it. Boy, has this ever pissed people off, but I do want to bring this up. Jason Whitlock of The Blaze says the rich men of the music industry will seek to destroy Oliver Anthony, which, by the way, I just learned today. His name is Chris. His name is Chris. Apparently one of his friends has already threatened to sue me. But who knows if it's actually one of his friends. I don't fucking know. So the dude's name is actually Chris. He wrote a whole thing today on his Facebook about like, oh gosh, jolly gee, I thank you guys for your support. Um, he's like, I did this without a, a PR agent or anything. Buddy, buddy, we know the truth. He mentioned that he was suffering from addiction and then later says alcohol addiction. But as I understand it, he was on cocaine. He has multiple songs about cocaine on his YouTube. So I'm going to assume he was on cocaine, which... Nothing wrong with that. I've done a little. I've done a little toot in my life. I have a uh, off the wall personality to begin with, so don't usually do the uppers. I kind of bounce off the walls as it is. Ain't nothing wrong with the cocaine, but my my fear. Whitlock says the 
Rich men of the music industry will seek to destroy Oliver Anthony. I, I actually say it's the other way. From everything I can tell, I think this guy is genuine. Oliver Anthony or Chris seems like a genuine guy from what I can tell. This is from going back and watching old videos and shit before all all this happened. If he is a genuine guy and he's just a good old boy and he was hooked on cocaine, I am... I am horrified at what is going to happen to him. Because being thrust into this situation unprepared uh, with 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 sharks you're you're doing it with sharks but the people you are in the water with are not to be trusted and one of the one of the best examples i can give of this is um uh what was her name paula um paula um the woman that Clinton was accused of having an affair with it. She said uh, he he raped her, but like she changed her story. It seemed like it was consensual and she changed it on the advice of right wing, uh, not Paula Poundstone. That was the comedian from the 80s. Paula, Paula Jones, thank you. Paula Jones, go read her account of the way the right wing treated her. He also was a, you know, just a country bumpkin being taken advantage of by this right wing machine. So I'm afraid that Oliver Anthony is going to be thrust into a position without any kind of support system. You, and when, when when you are dealing with fame, you need an accountant you can trust. You need an agent you can trust. You need people around you that are giving you good advice. My fear is that this motherfucker is going to relapse under the pressure of fame or under the pressure of the fame leaving. We'll be lucky if he doesn't fucking OD. We'll be lucky if he's just jacking it in San Diego. I think what right-wing media is doing to this dude is absolutely disgusting. And they should be ashamed of themselves. Simp! Simp, good evening! I'm so glad to see you! And you got here just in time. Listen, everybody, I'm going to take a quick break, like 30 seconds. Going to go take a PP, refill my drink, and when we come back, you may have seen the short clip of Pastor Greg Locke from Tennessee smashing a Barbie dream house. Justin went and found the full fucking video, and we're going we're gonna to watch about 20 minutes of it because this is bound to be entertaining. I'll get demonetized clinically. I mean, there's worse people that can take my money. Uh, giving it to Bat and Trey could be worse. Oh, what? Venus?
Oh, there is. Okay, so there is like conflicting reports. Some people are uh, there. There's been reports that he like lives on like 90 acres on, on like this this ranch. And then there's other reports that he's a factory worker. There's another report that he's just a farmer off the grid. So like that that part is is confusing, right? And they made it in the in the post he made earlier today. He was like, I turned down eight million dollars and I'm still living in a camper with a with a tarp over it. So like yeah, yeah, Venus, there's Conflicting reports about what's going on there. It wouldn't surprise me to know that he was already well off, but it also wouldn't surprise me that he was a useful idiot for the right wing. Either either is possible, right? But if you go back and watch his older videos, he does kind of seem like a, you know, down home country boy. So I don't I don't know. Turned down eight million. Said no poor person ever. Exactly. Or, or he could have very well turned down eight million because he knows the Daily Wire is getting ready to want to launch a record label, and he is the the top star. That's I'm still I'm still putting my money on that. Yes, the Duck Dynasty people. That's the exa- that's a great fucking uh, uh, analogous example. Those motherfuckers were posers. They grew those beards out, put on their camo for that show. They were bougie as fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, we know We know he was approached by them. And also, um, I did find the tweet. I missed it the other night when we were talking about this. God damn it, am I going to be able to find it again? I meant to go get the actual tweet. Because it was in like a compilation. Uh, Someone reached out and asked him to come record a song for his YouTube. That's what led me to, to believe he didn't even write that song. Someone reached out and asked him to come record a song for his YouTube. That song was Rich Men of North of Richmond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me take a, a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna do Pastor Greg Locke going bonkers on a fucking Barbie dream. <laughs> Hi, I'm Justin Freakin'. I'm a leftist broadcaster and comedian, not liberal. Leftist. And despite what you may have heard from right-wing propaganda, George Soros isn't handing out Soros bucks and funding people like me. There are no Koch brothers, Mercers, or any number of right-wing think tanks funding content on the left side of the spectrum the way they fund people like Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, and Dennis Prager. And YouTube doesn't monetize videos that are controversial or deal with politics unless you're someone like Steven Crowder. So this is an ultimatum. Become a patron. Support my Patreon. Or I'm going to become a right-winger and get some of that easy money. You know for a fact that I could be bigger than Charlie Kirk or Jesse Lee Peterson. Amazing! All I have to do is talk about how I used to be an SJW snowflake, but the left went too far with their cultural Marxism 
and Republicans are stupid enough to buy it, even though this video exists. And you know I'm right, so give me your money or I'm selling you out. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. I tried to sell you out. Was it back in like... No, it wasn't November. I was going to say November. It was like in February. These nuts got here just in time. Had that guy from, what was it? Um, Fix TV or whatever the fuck. And uh, he was in here and I was trying to say like, come on, come on, I'll sell out. I'll believe whatever bullshit the right wingers believe. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. They, they took a vote and it was um, three to one not to hire me. Sounds about right. Only, only uh, Jake, only Jake voted for me. Jake also a whack job Christian. Speaking of whack job Christians, we've covered him a few different times on this show. Pastor Greg Locke. Hardcore Trumper. Justin's still bowling better than Meatball Rod. <laughs> ah, thank you, Simp. Thank you. You darn right I was going to lick that alt-right boot. I want to get that money. By the way, by the way, next piece of merchandise is going to be like a decal that you can put in your toilet so you too can piss in Dan Crenshaw's eye pussy. Or in the front of your toilet if you're a bonus hole haver. Connie Quest thinks we're selling. <laughs> I don't know. Tones, I want to keep him around if he's going to keep doing like shit like this. Pastor Greg Locke. And this is from a couple weeks ago. I had to go back and find the video, but the, the little clip went viral today. And I was like, nope, nope, we got to watch this. So Pastor Greg Locke is upset about the Barbie movie. By building a house. The Bible calls that fortified place or city a stronghold. It's a house. It's a habitation. I am not high enough for this shit. So here's where we've missed it. And I'm just trying to, to right the ship, okay? We wonder... Why do these people keep coming back for the same pro? We've cast this demon out five times. No, 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 no. You'll drive that demon out one good time. Moving forward, you'll tell it not to come back. At least I will. And from that moment on, it doesn't mean the person is not going to struggle. Because let me tell you something. When the demon came out of the person, notice what he left behind. The house. Good, Mark. The spirit is entered in through some doorway. It builds itself. Derek Prince calls it a nest. It builds itself a comfortable place. Ooh, nice clinically. And you can cast the demon out, tell it to never come back. 
But if you don't teach the person to break down the stronghold that the enemy built and they have no discipline, they're always going to feel like they have a demon when really what they need to do is just control their flesh. Gotta love the Olin Mills 1990s backdrop behind him. Oh, there it is! We drive demons out all the time. That's the high dollar one, too. But we've not reached a place where we understand you have to pull down the stronghold that the demon left behind. Because I'm telling you something. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He was talking about demons possessing people. And he's like, what do they leave behind the house? In your analogy, isn't the house the person? Are you wanting to destroy the... What? When you cast out the spirit of sexual perversion, it's got to leave. So does the person still struggle with porn? You live in sexual anarchy? They still struggle with porn because the fortified house is still there. And I feel like if you're struggling with porn, that might be an issue to uh, talk to your doctor about. Like... If you're having a, a hard time, like, coming to completion, that could be, like, that could be caused by a number of things, and you should probably consult your doctor. Stronghold has to be pulled down, and you don't do that through more deliverance. You do that through more discipline. The house is still there. Let me prove this to you. I need you to go. Some of you are looking at me crazy. Go to Second Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Whew, somebody better shout teach. I'm feeling it. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back into verse 3. I told him to do 4 and 5, but I want to I wanna back into to, to verse number 3 because I think it's important. Back that ass up. For though we walk in the what? Flesh. You see, you have a flesh that's bad all by itself. Before you back it up, I've got some advice for you. Life is too for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, which doesn't mean that we don't war. It just means we don't war according to the flesh because this is not a fleshly, earthly battle. It's a spiritual, supernatural battle. And that's why the Bible says that when we put on the armor of God, what are we doing? We're standing against the trickery of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, power, spiritual wickedness in high places. So notice, once this spirit is driven out, watch what happens in verse number four. For the weapons, shout the word weapons. Now let me tell you why. Weapons. Because did you know of all of the armor of God, Every bit of it except one piece is to protect you, not to fight with. And he calls it a weapon. So it, we're not besmirching the text. But if we were to be honest, everything is for offense. There's only one thing that's for defense. The only real weapon you have to fight back with, Ephesians six seventeen, the sword of the spirit, which is the word. Of he has completely lost me. First, first, every piece of the armor, but one is is armor, but that's a weapon. And w- what? God. What does the shield of faith do? It quenches the fiery darts of the wicked. It takes what comes against you. It doesn't dish anything back out. 
The shoes protect you. The helmet protects you. The breastplate protects you. The, the belt of truth protects you. There's only one thing that defends you. I would be so good at this. The weapon of discipline. The weapon defends you. Is the Bible. The word of God. Now watch this. He says, for the weapons of our warfare, because we're in a battle, are not carnal. But what are they? They're mighty through God. To yeah, it doesn't protect you from bullets. Pulling down of what? Strongholds. Wow. How'd the stronghold get there? Somebody strong held it. <laughs> Somebody built something in your life. God's now an RPG. It's the built something in your newest mind. game. Somebody built something in your mind. When the demon left... You can play the new... Uh, uh, Boulder's God game. But unfortunately, it is riddled with microtransactions. Every time you even mention God, there's a, there's a fucking collection plate under your nose. He still had a house to return to. Have you ever noticed this is a... Fascinating observation. I'm not trying to be gross. If you have a gag reflex, plug your ears. Do you ever notice in deliverance ministry? And I know it's not all about vomiting and throwing up and we got turbulent bags and all that kind of stuff. You ever notice? This is crazy. I've seen thousands of people vomit. Dude, 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 man, 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 man. I wouldn't go around telling people that you make thousands of people vomit. Like, that's not something I would admit in public. You know what's interesting, Pastor Boggs? I've never seen anyone throw up what they ate that day. You ever notice that? You're insane! You've never seen anyone throw up what they ate. I assure you. I assure you it is exactly the contents of your stomach. It's not some magic meal you had last week. What the fuck, Greg? I don't even want to get into like examples of sh like holy shit. I never seen someone go through deliverance from a demon and be like, oh, chicken. Papa John's. Mm -mm. Never. Isn't that interesting. You ever notice it's always, excuse me, that white. Weird. Two pastors, one cup. It's white, it's green, or it's brown. It's only three colors it comes in. Stomach acid, motherfucker. Well, if they just drank red Kool-Aid, why didn't they throw that up? You will. Here's what Derek Prince said about it. He said it's the nest that the demons lived in breaking loose from a person. So what happens if you deal with a demon, but you don't deal with a nest? You still have a stronghold. Well, stomach removal? What the fuck? can get controversial. I'm not trying to make up a new doctrine. I'm just telling you from facts, from, from my life experience, and no doubt from yours as people of Deliverance Church. If the stronghold is still there, still built in that person, you don't need a demon to operate it. Your flesh will move right in and be very comfortable with the house that an evil spirit built in you. And so it's not in Matthew chapter 12 about 
a demon being driven out and bringing back seven more. No, no, no. The principle is this demon just decided to do what it wanted to. So we're talking about people that have really gone through deliverance. If you've really gone through deliverance, the demon is gone. Now you need discipline to deal with what it left behind so you can close every door and not make things sometimes even worse in your life. So we have to learn the difference between deliverance and discipline. Where's my little dealio back here? These guys on this side? Where you dealio. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, dear sir. That is a Bible. That is uh, duct taped and zip tied to an eastern ball bat. Why? Let me show you. I'm about to show you something crazy. Watch this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the, watch the next phrase, pulling down of strongholds. You ought to pay attention to what the Greek word for pulling down means. It's the word demolition. That's what it means. It doesn't just mean, well, you know, I'm just going to pull it. Uh, 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 uh. It means you demolish the house that the evil spirit left when you kicked it out. So maybe at our Global Vision store, we ought to start selling some Bible bats in the name of Jesus. Because what some of you need to understand is you've been delivered from a demon, but you've not pulled down the stronghold yet. You've got to get rid of the triggers on that iPhone. You've got to get rid of the triggers on that Netflix. You've got to lose her number. You've got to lose his number. The demon comes out when you expel it. The stronghold comes down when you demolish it with the Bible. that mess up you gotta break it down you gotta cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself you gotta get in the bible and beat that stronghold to death get in that bible and beat it up change your phone number if you got to so do i believe in deliverance yes but I'm done with repeat customers for 20 years. It either works or it don't. Damn, Venus, you're right. He could have donated that to a child. You know, it's not like he believes in a fucking book that tells him to give everything he owns to the poor. What a dickwad. We decree them curses off. <laughs> we tried them demons out. But then as a pastor... Yeah, how many children are in that church right now that would have loved to have that Barbie dream house? You got to say no to stuff. You got to say yes to stuff. Beat it like a cop. Learn to pray. Mark 9, 29, you got to learn to fast. He says we pull down, we demolish the strongholds. Well, if you fast, you're not going to throw up. So for some of you, let's just be honest. 
You've got I guess you still can, but there won't really be anything there. I'm not saying, please. Because, uh, um, Pastor Locke seems to not realize this, but you will indeed throw up what you were eating that day. Saying an evil spirit can't return if you open the door. I'm saying that this idea that just because you still... Honestly, clinically, I don't know that they allow kids in there. ...has kept people in theological bondage. And that's why people have a hard time with deliverance ministry, because everything's not a demon. Sometimes you just need to have some discipline. Okay, sometimes you just need to put... Nope, there are kids. There are kids. Five chicken legs is enough. I'm done. Right? Second stomach. If you don't get forceful and start tearing down those strongholds in your life, they're going to get worse. Can I tell you something? There are people in this room, people online, and people that you know, and people that you love, that have gone through deliverance and still have an addiction. I kind of thought that I'd heard somewhere that he didn't allow kids in because, like, well, you're gonna, for the next ten years of your he's life, he's a raw pastor. I kind of I, I thought I remembered him saying that. No, no, no. You got to change their mindset. You got to change their lifestyle. They have to be renewed in the spirit of the mind. They have to learn. Now the demon's gone. Now I got to say no to my flesh, which is just as dastardly as a demon. Because did you know that one of the works of the flesh is witchcraft? Galatians 5 plainly says, Oh, them witches. That people say, Well, you know, I don't believe a Christian can be influenced by a demon. Your flesh can produce witchcraft. Don't get much more demonized than that. And so, am I making sense in a man? We could go along. Okay, this is just like uh, Inez Cantor wanting to play in the WNBA. Uh, this is just like all the right-wing idiots telling me that you can live high on the hog on welfare. Fucking do it, Greg. Do it and prove it to me. Your flesh can do witchcraft? Prove it to me, man. I want to see that shit. I would pay. I will come make a donation to your church to see that. Long time, and there's just there's, there's so much in my heart. But I'm thinking to myself, well, why sometimes is it so powerful? But why does it seem like for some people it just don't work? It does work. We're just looking at it wrong. Because the fact that you still struggle does not mean you're lost. The struggle is proof of who you are in Christ. Lost people don't struggle with sin. But saved people do. <laughs> Listen, nurse, before I got saved, I could do some crazy stuff and laugh in your You face. damn right. I do not struggle with sin. I enjoy every fucking minute of it. Nowadays, I'm like, man, I got to repent. I can't do that. I can't even sleep myself at night. The difference. I don't know how you sleep at night, sir. You are a disgusting human being. I'm trying to catch my breath. But I think we got the point. What was the point? I don't even know what the house was in the metaphor. I, I know we only watched, you know, 10, maybe 15 minutes leading up to the, the smashing. I think it started about 40 minutes in. We're, we're 55 now. I have no idea the point he was trying to make. I don't know what the stomach was in the analogy. I don't know what the vomit was in the analogy. I don't know what the Barbie house was. None of this makes sense to me. Am I wrong? Like, 
Can you guys elaborate and explain it to me? So yeah, you better believe I'm going to spend my life casting out demons. But if I'm going to feed the sheep, I'm going to have to spend the other half of my life teaching people how to be disciplined and say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. That's what the Word of God teaches. Mick Foley never used a baseball bat wrapped in the Bible. We scared people to death with this seven times worse principle. He wasn't talking about somebody who went through deliverance. He was talking about somebody that needed deliverance because once you go through deliverance, deliverance takes care of the demon. And if it don't, Jesus didn't really give us authority. So, yeah, I know sometimes it takes longer, and, and, and the, can I say it this way? The better you get at it, the, the more discerning of spirits you have. You can take five-hour deliverances, and you can put them in 15 minutes. Not all of them are quick. Not all of them are long. We have another common misconception. Even my preacher friends are like, Five-hour deliverance. Uh, you can buy it at the church gift shop, you know. Five-hour deliverance. Well, you know, Jesus just spoke the word and them demons came right out. That is not true. They'll help you when you're trucking across the country. Twice the demons besought him much. You know what the word much means? It means Jesus carried on a conversation for a while with these stupid things. You know what it says? When Paul looked at the woman with the spirit of a divination in Acts 16, he said, come out of her. And the Bible says he came out the same hour. I encourage everyone to pull out. Sometimes it's difficult. Have you seen what the weather is doing out here? Don't have kids. Pull out. Jizz on her back. And everybody's like, well, you know, I just walk up into a room and I say, out. And they're like, Pfft. and I'm like, well, I want what you got. Sometimes it's super simple. Seriously, I would be so good at this. Holding on to the nest. You could just get up there and say anything. By the way, you will notice. Okay, this is just coming to me right now and we got to quit. I'm about to starve to death. I'm hungry as a hostage. Praise God. <laughs> you, you will, that's our next book. Hungry as a hostage. You will notice <laughs> that the narrative would denote this. I, I think we can take a, uh, a pastoral observation and, 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 and make this leap without, without being theologically unsavvy. You'll notice. I'll let him finish. That the seven that came back with the guy are not even the ones that we need to be concerned with. That's why it takes so long. We're going through a manual trying to find seven of them. When all we need to do is fast, pray, walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, have discerning of spirits, and go for that first one that brought the seven back into the house to begin with. And once you get the gatekeeper, the rest of them will come squealing like little baby piglets. Are you the key master? So praise be unto God for deliverance ministry, but praise be unto God for Christian discipleship too. For Christian discipleship. Yeah, you better believe I believe in demons. They're crazy. They ever work. <laughs> but I believe in discipline too. Believe in the renewing of... Ma'am, don't talk like that around me. You live in sexual anarchy. Green filling is fun. I just don't like kids. All right, you guys, you deserve something special after that. You deserve something special. This I have not I've not been on top of my game tonight. I've 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 felt off the entire stream, but thank you for being here with me. And since you were such good sports about watching Pastor Greg Locke, 
You get puppy bus. Everybody gets puppy bus. Good morning, Jake. Well, good morning. can't show you porn we're gonna work on that we're gonna work on that hey amaru good morning amaru <laughs> we've we've watched it so many times i know all their names you're the reason he's not buckled in <laughs> Mo underscore mountain underscore mutts on TikTok. Uh, He's so happy. He gets to see yeah. his friend. Oh my God. Mo mountain mutts on TikTok. Good morning, Jake. Well, good morning. His adorable little jacket. I love that this has become a favorite video. Good morning, Amaru. <laughs> hey, you're not buckled in. Good morning, Bama. He didn't look like he had a a vest on to be buckled in. He's so excited. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you Sunday night on the Troll Patrol live.